0: Ah, there you are. Yes, it is podcast time. I am running a little bit late and you may have noticed that there's no music on this, uh, the start of this podcast and that's because I'm using a different computer uh, the main computer that I uh, use to do all of my podcasts in various of the different bits and bobs has been working hard all day so I thought I'd give it a break and I would use this one and sort of strip the podcast down right to the bare essentials it's also easier to record I just plug a few things in hey presto whereas a desktop is a bit more uh, fiddly shall we say um, and I was thinking about changing the music on the podcast anyway so we will start off with an update from the Scottish podcast which uh, I thought turned out rather well um, considering that I was walking over a bridge and it was windy and there was plenty of traffic and I was jacking into it, I didn't think uh, that my iPhone did too bad a job um, it was sort of like what's the best way to put it it was sort of like mashed together really it was a whole set of different audio recordings that came together and kind of worked in a a bizarre way but I do intend doing uh, another one up Scotland next year and we come to the second point which is I said I wasn't going to Scotland in 2014 well it turns out I'm wrong one or two things in uh, the weeks following me getting back sort of made me realise that you've got to go and do these journeys and see these places while you're able to so it was a case of making a decision and saying yes i'm going to do it while i still can Um, it's amazing how life sends you these little reminders occasionally that you've got to do these things Um, but anyway so that's that's going to be great hopefully I'm going to get a photography book out in January I'm still messing around with, uh, not so much with the, the images, but more the, the text and the design of the book I haven't even really come up with a title that I actually like yet, but I'm aiming to try and get the book out for the end of January possibly it might go into February but I definitely want it released by the spring uh, anyway, it's going to be a lot bigger than uh, the previous book that I did back in 2011 um, it's going to be all colour most of it's going to be digital there's going to be some iPhone photography in there as well which I didn't really want to leave out um, and it looks as though it's going to be and it, uh, it looks as though it's going to be a good book I've just got to get the text done in the in the next few weeks but I've got an idea for that, so uh that's coming together quite nicely. And the final thing really from the Scottish podcast was carrying equipment. Um, after I got back uh first of, well, first of all, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, um I was just mentioning about how I was having difficulties carrying gear. I I'd taken a Billingham bag with me and quite honestly it was um too heavy and not really the ideal sort of bank to go carting around the highlands of Scotland um, for one reason or another. I mean, one re- one problem with it is is if it, if it gets wet it takes an eternity to dry out um, and I wanted something that was a bit more user-friendly on my back because I, if I do carry the Billingham bag a lot it does tend to not do my... My back very much good. I end up either crippled or in a lot of pain. So I was looking for something else uh, to sort of replace that. And initially, I was going to go with something like a, a slingshot bag, you know, um, the Low Pro do. But then I realised that I'd probably want something bigger than that, especially with the lenses and things that I carry. So eventually, I went for a, or for a Tamrac Expedition Five photographic backpack which I managed to pick up from uh ebay and it was uh, it was good timing on my part, one for the price and two, the, the fact it came from Dumfries in Scotland, so it was a uh, it was a Scottish bag um, bought because of experiences in Scotland, which I thought w- was um well, it has a, had a, a bit of uh it was quite poetic really in a way that uh the two sort of like came together but I've been carrying that around for about the last six or eight weeks and it's really been a a great little bag I even used it uh, on jobs because it it looks tidy and um, I must admit I'm quite sold on photographic backpacks I wasn't particularly a big fan of those types of bags until I actually used one but um, but now it's just an easy way of carrying gear, and the great thing is is that you can get uh, little add-on pockets and things that you can add to the side, so you can customize what you carry. You can add, even do a water bottle, uh, which is great. So it means that if you don't want to carry all of your gear, you can take some pockets off and just carry the minimum amount of stuff inside the bag, rather than uh, cart a whole lot of stuff with you that but most of us most photographers generally carry too much anyway bad backs are a part of being a freelance photographer i think it shouldn't be but that's the way it is we just have a tendency to carry too much because we always think that we're going to need that lens and we never do until we don't carry it with us and then we do need that lens that's the sod's law of um that's the sod's law of photography really so yes, that medium uh, size bag will come in uh, very handy uh, next year. It certainly doesn't mean that my Billingham will be replaced anytime soon because I do love uh, Billingham bags. And I've also got... I've actually got loads of camera bags, really. I think I've got about... well, I can see... three, four, five... There's another one in the other room. That's six. So I've got about six at the moment. There's two Billingham bags. There's two... Tamrak shoulder bags, there's a Kodak bag that I picked up cheap which I use as a support bag and um, and then I've got my little new photographic backpack so it'll be interesting to see next year um, how it goes for climbing up mountains with it but uh, I must admit it's uh, certainly a lot easier to carry than a lot of the shoulder bags Right, enough about me and my vast collection of bags and buying new bags. And soon I'll have more bags than I'll ever, ever need in my lifetime, but never mind. We will get on to the links section. And I thought it'd be nice to divide uh, the links up in this podcast into two groups. We're going to have the recommended links a little bit later on. These are websites that I think would be worth keeping an eye on next year in 2014 and then there's going to be the regular links section interesting photography websites and videos and various different bits and pieces that have come up in the last eight weeks since the last podcast so we will set off with first website and this is one from the new york times a regular of course we usually feature something from the New York Times this actually isn't in the photography uh, blog the lens photo blog this is actually in New York region uh, featured area of the New York Times and this is closing time at Willits Point these are a set of images as 15 taken by the photographer Michael Nagel for the New York Times and they are showing the end of Willits Point which is well known it's about uh 62 acres i think it is it's something like that i'll just check on the website but it's an area full of auto repair shops and junkyards and yeah it is 62 acres um auto shops car parts and grease covered mechanics tinkering with automobiles and this area is being slowly redeveloped it's gradually disappearing and um the photos sort of reflect the story really to illustrate the article Uh, the article's worth a good read um, but the photos are very, very I think they're familiar Um, junkyards and repair shops, car repair places are pretty similar the world over even if the cars are slightly different so it's an interesting little article and uh, some great images to illustrate the point that these places are gradually disappearing like they are in most places in the world this next one is um... a link and this is New York Times but this is from the Lens um... photography video and visual journalism blog and this is Joseph Cole Kudolka, formed by the world Kudolka is well known for taking photographs um, in Czechoslovakia in the late 60s when the uh, Soviet invasion took place and um he kind of photographed the the resistance um to that invasion that's that's really how he made his name but he's a Magnum member and he's certainly produced some fantastic work and he's currently shooting uh images he's got a new book wall Israeli and palestinian landscapes and there's some really nice panoramic work of his and there's also a great interview with him that's in two parts and i will link to to both parts it's certainly worth a read don't agree with everything he actually says about um photography and his uh, philosophy towards photography sometimes um you kind of think well, i don't quite agree with that but um Certainly a photographer worth listening to and worth worth reading about and his panoramic images from um, Israel and Palestine. The landscapes are absolutely superb. The next one is also about disappearing cultures. This next link. Um it's called Portraits of the Authentics, photographing ancient cultures before they pass away. This is photography by Jimmy Nelson who uh spent his early days in Nigeria. Um, his father worked as a geologist for Shell and um, he's taken some fantastic images of tribes, people, cultures before these cultures um, die out, killed off by modern ways of life all the different things uh, there's tribal ways um, tribal costumes, things like that and they're set within some of them are set within uh, beautiful landscapes. The photography is absolutely superb. And it's it's also a very valuable social record as well of these people and the way that they live. Capturing them, of course, before um, they go. Because once they've gone, that's it. Um, they won't be coming back. So the images, which, uh, like I say, are portraits, but they also... Um, I mean, the portraits are absolutely superb. I mean, uh, some of them are quite scary, in fact. Um, Image number seven's quite quite scary of... uh, Who is this gentleman? Oh, uh, Omo Valley in... uh, It just says the village. It doesn't actually say the tribe. But the the image is, like I say, a a mixture of portraiture and portraits within the landscape. So it... uh, reflects the people beautiful so that's jimmy Nelson's work absolutely beautiful color images portraits and landscapes the next one is also um on time light box that last one was in time light box um is tracking down lewis Hine's forgotten child laborers lewis Hine was a photographer who worked at the turn of the 20th century photographing um People working he's probably best known for photographing the construction of the uh Empire State Building, but he also took um images uh in the early twentieth century um showing the debt and living on welfare and the atrocious working conditions for laborers and things basically he was he was just trying to inform people about how other people lived and worked and someone has actually decided to try and find out who these people, these children were that he photographed, uh, Joe Manning um, he's decided to just develop a history for these kids and he's done a remarkable some of the stories are quite sad um others are are quite uh cheerful in in some cases you know the families never knew that their great grandparent had been photographed um and in other cases sadly the child died by the time that they got to the age of 18 so it's um a bit of a mix really with the stories but the but the story is great and Lewis Hines images are absolutely superb so tracking down Lewis Hines Forgotten Child Labour is a great piece of photography history now you may have noticed that two of those links came from the Time Lightbox photo blog that's the uh, photography blog for Time magazine or uh, Time website I should say Um, but it also has a very good um, category for photojournalism uh and this is called photojournalism links and this is put together by miko takanen over a 14 day period so twice a month he will put together a great list of photojournalism links to show what photographers uh have been put in online what stories are being covered etc etc it's a great resource if you're interested in photojournalism and it's just fantastic to see what sort of stories are being covered because a lot of these are um, stories around the world that you don't see on television that aren't documented in any other way usually. So it's a great place to have a look at over the year they update on a regular basis and you can even sign up to lightbox weekly newsletter so that you don't miss anything but uh, photojournalism links is certainly a great place to start if you are interested in photojournalism or documentary photography this next one is a recent addition to the web links section on my website i only just added it about a month ago but it's developed over a period of time and this is the guardians photography page they have all sorts of links to all sorts of photographies, not just photojournalism, but it's fine artwork, uh, sports photography, uh all sorts of things are in there. They also talk a bit of theory as well. There's plenty of galleries, audio slideshows. There's a great monthly guide to uh photography coming up, books that have been released, um gallery exhibitions that that are gonna be starting and it's um, it's a fantastic resource if you're interested in photography all sorts of photography as well Not like I say, not just photojournalism talks about classic images um, and it even has a Lewis Hine photo on there at the, the moment where they're discussing uh, one of the Empire State building shots by Lewis Hine who of course I mentioned f- for a previous link so, brilliant site regularly updated and it has all sorts of images, all sorts of news and uh, a great one to follow in the new year the final link for this podcast is documentscotland.com which is a nice easy website address to remember this is a website by four Scottish documentary photographers who have formed uh, this collective, Document Scotland uh, and they say on their website that they're passionate about documentary photography and passionate about Scotland It was formed in 2012, the collective, and the website is just one area that they show work out. I'll mention a few others a little bit later, but on their website they say that uh, they have a common vision to witness and photograph the important and diverse stories within Scotland at one of the most important times in our nation's history. And, of course, that important time is referring to Scottish independence and the referendum that will take place in 2014 to see whether the people of Scotland want the country to go independent, break away from the United Kingdom. The other areas that they uh, have gone into are are print. Uh, they've released a couple of newspapers, both of which are very good. Unfortunately, the first paper is no longer available. It's sold out. But the second one you can still buy from the site. It's called Seeing Ourselves. And like I say, you can still buy it from the Document Scotland website but they also have a iPad app available for free from the app store so that is Document Scotland a great little site, regularly updated great photography, great stories about an area of the UK that uh, a lot of the time you see a lot of photography about London and places uh, in the south of England and we don't tend to see that much or as much as we should do really from from the north uh, and this is one site that certainly does that there's also another A collective called Document Britain. Um, You might want to type that into Google, and you'll probably come up with a website. I haven't uh, had time to have a look at the website yet, but that's another collective. Quite a few photography collectives coming uh, coming about at the moment. Um, Photographers joining together to uh, promote their work and promote the stories that they're shooting. So that's DocumentScotland.com. Probably one of the easiest website addresses I've actually mentioned if you are interested in any of the uh, the links that I've mentioned they are of course in the usual place the Darker Skies podcast page which is at darker-skies.com forward slash podcast and if you are interested in any other recommended photography links take a look at my recommended photography links page on the website at richardflintphoto.com forward slash weblinks and that's it for this podcast. I hope you have a great end of the year and I will see you after Christmas in the new year towards the end of January. I may record a little podcast special on the iPhone in December just a little short 10 minute thing max I'll see what's happening until then take care and I will see you at the end of January